0: Uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to the Outloud Microsoft Monthly Podcast. As usual, it's been another very busy month in terms of Microsoft Teams updates. My usual expert guest, Microsoft MVP Tom Arbuthnot, joins me from Modality Systems to talk me through all of the updates, which this month includes some big news relating to Citrix VDI support, For Microsoft Teams. As well as that, Tom gives us a preview of the Microsoft Teams development roadmap, which includes a host of new impending features, including music on hold, larger group number capacities, and a new single toolbar. We cover off any other news in this episode, so sit back and enjoy this month's podcast. Afternoon, Tom. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Patrick. Really good. Thanks. I saw you on stage at UC Expo briefly while I was uh, making my way around various interviews and it was absolutely packed. I think that was on the second day. So was that a
1: Thursday? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, both days. It was really good. But um first day was definitely busier, I think, for the whole show. Um, but there was still a decent turnout on the second day as well. It was a real whirlwind of a show. Yeah, it was. Really, really busy all round. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it
0: was on the Thursday as I was in between an interview. I walked past and I thought, all oh, that? particular seminar I was very busy
1: and then i realized I were it was... like it's tom don't worry about it <laughs> and I was like,
0: it's tom on stage i know all this i don't need to do it tim so yeah but it was a good good show wasn't it yeah i heard you guys had a good turnout too yeah yeah it was really busy so we did like a, a cisco microsoft very high level overview comparison of their communication and collaboration platforms and and we've actually turned it into a There's a sort of smart guide that I think you helped uh, Rob, who's the publisher of UC Today, out with. So that's available on the website if anyone wants to have a look at sort of an overview of what's going on with the two.
1: Yeah, that that sort of set the theme of the show, didn't it? It was definitely like a Cisco keynote, Microsoft keynote, where there was sort of the the big battle. But then there was loads and loads of UCAS, which I thought was really interesting, like the Ring Centrals and the Fuse and 8 All those kind of people were all had big stands as well.
0: Yeah, it was. There's was a few interesting trends going on in terms of video. I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes, let's right. not get into that now. Um, <laughs> so, so Microsoft-wise, as you said, it was, it was big at UC Expo. Um, the, you were mentioning when we recorded the pod last time, there was an event coming up from Microsoft, and Microsoft Build, is that their developer? Event?
1: Yeah, that's their, that's their developer conference. So Ignite is their kind of IT pro businessy type thing, and Build is their proper hardcore developer conference. Um, So even though, you know, you think about Teams as an application, obviously Microsoft Teams is a development platform as well. That's a big part of the story. So there were one or two things just looking through my blog that got announced during the build conference. So the the big one for me, which was um, it's not really a big deal in the grand scheme, but message actions are the ability to essentially like click on the three dots on any message and take an action specifically on that message. Okay. So I've been waiting this for ages because I live in teams. So you'll be able to click and create a task or click and raise an issue or click and do whatever, um, send, this, send this message to Trello directly from the message, which is super handy, I think.
0: Okay. So is that one of the things they are developing then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's in preview now, I think early preview for some tenants. But it's, it's, it's interesting that two years in, that's a new addition to take an action directly on the message. It's definitely going to be a really nice touch for uh, usability.
0: Oh, cool. Anything else from build?
1: Uh, yeah, lots of again, sort of dev-specific stuff, but improvements in the Teams API, so you can do some um, further automation of um, reading messages or grabbing certain content, uh, m- much improved application management. So if you're creating an application for Teams, kind of a a way to uh, put that in a store and do low code, no code kind of template stuff. So very developer focused. But if you're if you're into development, it's worth checking out that blog and seeing what you can now do to bring your apps directly into the Teams experience. Yeah, absolutely. For the for the techies out there, that sounds like an interesting one.
0: And uh, I mean, it seems like it wasn't that long ago we recorded, but there's there's been some quite big pieces of news in terms of Teams development.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the uh, we last recorded, we talked about Citrix VDI um, or any VDI, for that matter, having a first party client experience. So last month, Microsoft released a version of Teams that works better on VDIs, that's virtual desktops. So they're big in legal, big in FSI, big in kind of contact center, where the computer on the desk is like a fairly dumb terminal and the data, the real processing is done in the data center or in the cloud. Um, and off the heels of that, Microsoft, uh, sorry, uh, Citrix announced at their Synergy Conference, which happened this week as we we're recording, that they have developed a plugin essentially that will allow audio, video and desktop sharing to work in those thin client environments. So that's a really big deal for those that want UC, but also want Citrix VDI and to have their data all secure in the data center and have a thin client on the desk.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something we mentioned previously. One of the one of the problems, one of the problems, one of the drawbacks potentially with, with VDI has always been the difficulty of uh, of doing video and sort of high res stuff on the on the local machine, because obviously where does that graphical resource come from? But Citrix have obviously sorted it, and this, that's pretty big news, actually, isn't it?
1: Yeah, really big news. I mean, they mentioned in their blog post that they've got um, 700,000 active Skype for Business people using that product on Skype for Business. So obviously there's a huge demand for users for that specific use case to have VDI and UC. And Citrix are the first of the big VDI vendors to come to market with a solution. So really good for them and their customers and kind of the joint Microsoft Cisco uh, Citrix customers to have a story around UC on, on VDI. Yeah, and as you said, particularly
0: big in big verticals, very big in public sector as well. So I know yep. a lot of them will be will be looking at at teams now.
1: Yeah, the blog really um blew up. So definitely there's a lot of interest in this area. Excellent. There, there was some more news about it in terms of routing a PSTN as well. Yeah. So this is uh, been a, a one that for telephony people has been a, a long wait. So you can have auto attendance and call queues in Microsoft Teams. So, that is when you're ringing into a business and it says, Hi, welcome to Modality Systems. Please press one for sales, two for accounts. You've been able to do that for a long time, but the only way you could put your phone number on that was either to take a number directly from Microsoft, so a net new number, yeah. or to port your number into Microsoft. Um, both were options. We've done both with customers, so they worked. But what customers often want to do is route one of their numbers directly to those services without having to port it and leave ownership of that number and give the ownership to Microsoft. So as of now, you can take a number in your range from BT, Level 3, AT&T, whoever is your favorite carrier, route that number to those cloud services and have those cloud services answer and be an auto attendant or be a call queue just a really nice touch for those that are bringing their own PSDN to have those options without porting numbers now.
0: And I suppose logistically that's a pretty, that's a pretty big concern for customers isn't it?
1: Yeah it's a, it's a, it's, it's a pain to port numbers like it's a necessary evil um, if you're porting all your numbers to Microsoft anyway like you were using their calling plans then it's fine but when you're using direct routing to bring your user phone numbers from your own carrier picking a number mid-range and porting that into Microsoft can be a real pain so this is a much better experience and more often than not, if people are using their own carrier, they want to keep all of that service in one place. So now they don't have to just port their service numbers in or remap numbers or anything like I'll, BT is our carrier. All the numbers coming out of BT and some of them are user numbers and some of them are call queues and auto attendance now.
0: And I suppose developments like that are just another example of Microsoft strengthening that that cloud calling capability.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, Every kind of every month, it feels like with the podcast, it's just like another little piece of the puzzle. Like we've unblocked a few more customers that need this scenario, that scenario. So it's definitely maturing up the telephony capability in Teams. Yeah. And, and, and while we're on that, just, just
0: before we were recording this, I was moaning to you that I was having problems with my iPhone unrelated to anything Microsoft but one of the things that both you and I use is is the Outlook app for both, I think, iOS and Android, and that can now directly schedule Teams meetings.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, like again, a a relatively little piece to talk about, but a big piece for day-to-day usability. So in the Microsoft April financial results, they talked about 100 million uh, active iOS and Android Outlook app users. So that in itself is pretty interesting. That means that they persuaded that many people to drop the native uh, mail app in Android or in iOS for the Microsoft mail app, that doesn't necessarily mean all of those are Office 365 users. You can use that Outlook app against Gmail or against any other email system. But, but if you had to guess, like the vast majority of those users are probably Office 365 users. So you can schedule meetings in there, but now you can click one button and have it automatically have the Teams dial in and join link details. So just making that flow much, much easier to schedule the Teams meeting.
0: Yeah, and that's something I've come across in the past and thought, why can't I do this? I mean, at the moment, I'm not going to be doing anything for my iPhone as it appears to have died, but that is going to be useful when eventually it works again.
1: Yeah, when you go to the Apple store and get your iPhone fixed, you'll be able to schedule meetings really easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, that hopefully that will, will happen maybe without me having to go to the store. In terms of the, the the one sort of final bit of news, but this is this is multi-part and it's pretty big, isn't it, in terms of the, the team's development roadmap?
1: Yeah. So, so Microsoft dropped a whole bunch of things onto the roadmap in the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's, there's six that I thought we should run through that were pretty interesting. Number one is Music on Hold. So this is interesting because like, it's a fairly standard telephony feature in traditional PBX world, but we're um, just getting it in Microsoft Teams. So the, the kind of interesting thing there is when you're looking at Teams for telephony, don't pre-assume anything you have in your traditional IPT or even in your Skype for is necessarily in the box in Teams, but nice to see that this is um, hitting for Teams users. There was sharing system audio into Microsoft Teams. So this is interesting, this is a a direct kind of competitor scenario. So Zoom does this very well today. If you're playing a YouTube video into a meeting, obviously, I say obviously, like a user expects that audio to magically appear in the meeting. If you're a techie, you understand that the audio is coming out of the PC speaker, it's not going into the meeting. But what um, Zoom do is they take, uh, they add a driver into the system to pretend they're a sound card, grab that audio and push it into the meeting. Um, and Microsoft, it sounds like are going to do the same type of thing. So they'll be able to share the system audio, the the YouTube video you're playing into the meeting, and pipe the audio from any application, but you know YouTube as an example, back into the meeting, so people can share video and content with audio.
0: Oh, that will be pretty useful for us actually, because internally we we do that a lot. Because obviously we do a lot of video, and especially on YouTube, so that will be very useful.
1: Yeah, the nice thing about it is, it when it works, it will just work the way people would think it would work. Who are non technical? They're like, "Well, I'm playing now. You should be able to hear what I'm doing." That's how it will work. Excellent.
0: Um, there was
1: also—is
0: that an extension in terms of adding up to a hundred people to a group chat?
1: Yeah, yeah. So previously it was twenty five, then I think it was fifty. Now it's a hundred. So. It's interesting because this is a group chat as opposed to a team. So this is just a a bunch of people talking together around ad hoc as opposed to having a formal team. But clearly there's demand from some customers to bring those groups into larger and larger sizes. And I think this is a bit of the kind of uh, WhatsApp Kaizala mentality coming over to Teams. Like for whatever reason, I want a big group chat. I want to do it in Teams. Now you've got the 100 users in that group chat. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose for for bigger organisations, it is more and more applicable. Yeah, you may well have a department chat, like a uh, hundred people, and you you want to chat in there. Like a uh, to me mentally, it feels like that should be a team because you've got threaded conversations and tabs and individual channels. Like when I got to a uh, when whenever you get to a hundred, I would say that having channels and threads and everything would be better. But clearly, some people want it, so there it is. Absolutely. What what else was there in the in the development roadmap? uh there's a, a single toolbar for meeting controls and calling so that i'm i've got that in test at the moment and it's a, a relatively small change again aesthetically but functionally it's quite a big thing so at the moment in microsoft teams if you're in a meeting the chat is on the top right the roster like the the kind of buddy list is on the top right but your mute and unmute and hang up are in the middle of the screen all those controls are coming together to be in the middle of the screen so there's one control bar that has your mute and unmute, your roster, your chat, your recording notification. So just just simplifying the UI, basically.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I look forward to that as well. Because sometimes even a relatively OFA Teams user, I think where's where's the suddenly I need to send a message and I can't find the chat, but if that's in the middle, that makes perfect yeah, sense.
1: Yeah, teams can have a lot of buttons at times. So it's nice to see Microsoft kind of taking the user experience seriously and, and trying to rationalise it.
0: Anything else from the from the roadmap?
1: Yeah, two more things. So manager, uh, managing the discovery of private teams, this is a bit of a mouthful. In Microsoft Teams, you can have public teams, which means anybody in the organization can join them without any to getting in or out. So uh, like something that's not sort of super kind of secret, like, you know, it's the, the sports team team, like people can come and go, there's no data security around that. Or you can have private teams, which means that the owners of the team control who becomes a member. And, um, and we've gone through different phases of so private teams being discoverable. So they came up in search, but they were still private and completely hidden. So they were private and you couldn't discover them unless someone sent you a join link. Now what Microsoft have done is made that a toggle. So you can choose if it's a private and hidden team or a private and searchable team. So depending on your use case, you can pick either option, basically. Okay, right. And what was the, what's the final one? Uh, final one is a uh, telephony feature again. And it's actually since... Writing this blog post is now GA, so you can go and turn it on right now. And it's Busy on Busy. Um, so I'm going to quiz your UC, Patrick. Do you know what Busy on Busy is?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to pass time.
1: <laughs> so it's a very niche one, so I'm not surprised. Um, it, it places like, uh, so notably Germany, this is a thing. It means that when you're dialing somebody who's already in a call, you will get a busy tone and or their voicemail rather than them getting a toast saying somebody else is calling. So, like, in, in in UC in general, across all the products, one of the real benefits is, like, I can be on the phone to somebody, but if my boss calls me, I get a little toast. and I'm like, oh, Nick's calling. I should probably choose to prioritize my boss. So I'm going to get out of here and, and answer him. I, in most places, that's the culture. Like, the, the person on the call can make a decision. In In Germany and other places, it's very different in that, like, well, if I'm engaged with you, I'm engaged, right? So, it doesn't matter who rings me. It doesn't matter if my boss rings me. I chose to be engaged with you they should get voicemail and I'll pick up with them when they want to um, arguably the more polite way to think about it so now you can flick a switch and rather than you getting a toast while you're in call which you maybe you find distracting or impolite now the, the next person ringing will just hit your voicemail basically and you'll get back to them when you're finished
0: oh that makes sense so will there be configurations or? Options on that? Do you think to come? Because at the moment, you can, if, if you appear as do not disturb, certain people can. But the, the example I'm very poorly trying to make is maybe there might be a couple of people that I wouldn't mind interrupting a call, but then the rest of them I'd quite happy have busy on busy.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. This is specifically for kind of a telephony scenario. So when you're making a in call, so if you're in a meeting and you're presenting, you shouldn't get a toast because you'll be in presenting mode. But you can control that relationship as well. So you can put yourself in busy and you can have kind of uh let me have a look, to see what the setting is. It's a live demo. Uh you can have a a setting where you can say these people are important to me and they can bypass my got you. So it's called priority access. So under settings and privacy, it says do not disturb. You can still receive messages from these people who have priority access to you and you can choose those people. So you can choose a few people that can bypass. So if you're in a D&D scenario, your boss can still get to you.
0: OK, right. Oh, well, I, I think I'll keep it as it is, actually. I don't want anyone to be able to <laughs> no, no. while we're in the middle of a pod recording. Um, well, I think that pretty much uh, sums up the news. But I know uh, my calendar actually looks blissfully quiet over the next few weeks. But you're, you're away at the start of June for for Commerce V Next, which you were telling us about last
1: month. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. So not long now, we're really on the countdown for it. So community driven conference in the US, uh, lots of really good Microsoft speakers, but also lots of good community speakers. So it's kind of a, a bit of a demarketing conference for people who are genuinely on, on the ground doing Microsoft Teams and Skype for business. Lots of speakers that I know from different places around the world and lots of real world knowledge going to be shared there. So, yeah, pretty excited for that one. And when, that's 5th fifth, fifth and 6th of June. 5th and 6th of June, yes. Yeah. So there's still tickets. There's still a few tickets open, I think, for um, day admission. All the kind of stay there packages have gone now, I think. But um, if you're in or around or near Denver, there's um, still tickets to come. And I would heartily recommend this one. If you can get to one conference, I would pick this kind of thing over a more like generalist Ignite or UC show. If you're in this particular space, you really want to get into Teams and Skype. This is it, definitely.
0: Oh, cool. Well, well, we'll put the link up for that so so people can see it if anyone is in in the area. But I'm sure you'll have loads of
1: stuff on your on your blog coming out of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few sponsors there actually, so I think we're going to do some recording with some of the sponsors to catch the latest news from those guys as well. Excellent. Well, I, I very
0: much look forward to that Well, Tom, as always, uh, thank you so much for running me through the news, and we'll catch up again next month.
1: Yep. Yep. Cheers, Patrick. Um, we'll see what's uh, what's coming next month, and uh, yeah, see you then if not before. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. Thanks. Huge
0: thanks to Tom for coming onto the podcast and giving us all of the latest updates for the Microsoft Communication and Collaboration platforms. As always, for any more information on any of the updates we discussed, you can find those on our website at ucta.com or on Tom's blog, which is located at tomtalks.uk. We'll catch up with Tom next month after he's been at Comms V Next. But if you want any live updates, don't forget to follow him on social media, on Twitter or LinkedIn, as he's always pretty good at keeping us up to date on there as well. That's it for this episode, though. If you have any questions, please do comment on the supporting article of this podcast, which is located at uctoday.com. For now, though, and as always, a big thanks for listening.